You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 60. I'm Jessica Pearson, a certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you. What do you have for us? So we have the pendulum probiotics. Have you seen the ads for these? Yeah, I sent you one the other day. I I get like, yeah. I, I <laughs> Oh, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all over my feed. I was like, maybe I should just do the subscription, but then cancel after one month. Oh, yes. I remember the probiotic you sent me now. And then I was going to reply to it. And then I was like, what What do I say about that? I was like, it's this thing. My reply back would have been like a million. Yeah. So we're just going to do it here. <laughs> so I have been getting these probiotic ads for quite some time. But I also read this, like I get this daily news summary to my inbox called 1440. It's really great. And it always has like a sponsored company and it, it's been rotating through quite a few. And this one is Pendulum Probiotics and it's something I'm familiar with, but I've really finally noticed it clearly very recently because the headline on it this time was like Halle Berry's secret for healthy weight. And then it's all the information about pendulum probiotics. And I'm like, what? seriously, because the ads used to be that I would get for these probiotics was all about blood sugar health and all that sort of stuff. And now it's switched to weight loss. Yeah. I also get annoyed when we pick someone like Halle Berry, who's always been, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she does to maintain her weight or size, but we've never seen her in a larger body. So I don't think she has any secrets. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think she's probably like eating well and exercises a lot and has some good genetics. Like I don't think a hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's like, Oh, this is, this pill is her secret. And this is why Halle Berry looks like Halle Berry. Like that's inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, so I do know that they do use her name and she is not just a spokesperson and she is the chief communications officer because she is an investor because she does believe in the product and that's all fine and good. Like I don't have a problem with that at all. It's just how they've decided to promote it with improving metabolism. So it's got all of the buzzwords, improving metabolism, support a healthy weight, GLP-1. Like it's got all the things in there that, because it's supposed to like help support you naturally making GLP-1. So, you know, it's not move over, Berberine. This is new nature's Ozempic. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, So it's just this like, it is frustrating because the ads are now switching to, well, we couldn't sell it for blood sugar support. So let's, let's put on our old thinking hats and use it for weight loss. And I just, I'm so freaking tired of that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't give me a lot of hope either. a person in this industry, right? Because it's like, nobody wants to buy a healthy gut or, you know, like, balanced blood sugar. It's like, it always comes back to weight. And, you know, we've even struggled with that where it's like, do we just give the people what they think they want? So to see a bigger company go in that direction is 
disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she probably does feel better on this. Like it is a, a really good, important, natural strain in gut health. So it's not to say that this isn't a good product, but like, let's just stop pretending that a probiotic is going to be, you know, the end all be all to our next cure for weight loss. Yeah. And it's also a hundred dollars a bottle. Oh, it's actually $89. Oh, discount. It, yeah. It used to be when it first came out, it was a hundred dollars. So I actually have, I've never tried it because you know, I'll just try anything because I want to see how it works or yeah. see what happens. And yeah. before I recommend it to people. So I didn't, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm not I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a 30, 30 capsules. It was a hundred dollars, but now they have the pricing model where it's $89 if you buy it one time or $59 if you do month to month, a subscribe and save situation for mm-hmm. 30 capsules. Like some probiotics are really good that they do cost that much, you know, the 40 to 50 range, but you know, it, oh, I don't know. And, Cause prior to this product, you couldn't get acromantia in a probiotic. You had to develop it in your gut through food. Do you know if this particular strain, can you like take it for a month or three and then like get off of it and still have that strain I in you? Does it, does it so. live in there or is it one of the things yeah. where you would have to take forever? No, I don't think you would have to take it forever. You would have to cultivate its longevity though. So you would want to take the product for a month or so And then, but in that time, also being sure to feed it with, you know, the resistant starches and and that sort of thing. And so, you know, nurturing your gut health. Yeah. You still have to do other work to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because it needs those foods. It needs those fiber types in order to feed itself to be able to replicate and stay in the, in your system. Yeah. Well... If you can uh, sign up for one month and then quit, it might be worth it. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, we've seen – well, because you'll do stool tests on clients, Mm -hmm. and this does come up like kind of frequently where this is something that is low for – Yeah, it will either be low. We've had a few non-detectables over the years, and then I've also seen high amounts, and it – you know, I've, I've seen it all. So if you're listening and you're like, what are they talking about? I just want to add in like, you know, I feel like probiotics alone was kind of a buzzword for a long time. And so if you don't understand, there are zillions of different strains of bacteria that you can take through probiotics. And so this is just one of them. So that's also why stool tests are fun because you can actually see which bacteria you actually need support with versus just taking random probiotics. Yeah, because most of the probiotics are bifidum and lactobacillus strains. And then there's a couple other like very niche ones that will have some strepto strains and then um, staph strains. And then uh, what's the other one that I saw? I've seen some other uh, sarcomyces. Yeah, that's a um, Saccharomyces boulardii. That is, you know, a yeast-based strain. So those are, and then uh, what's the starts with a C? Like I can see it (laughs) on a piece of paper, but typically there's a a subsection of it that if you have it, it causes a lot of problems in your gut. Like it can lead to IBS and some other issues. But there's another section of it that is actually good for you, and you want to. 
cultivate you know, that. Cultivate yeah. that. So there are views, but you have to really go digging for them. We're not anti the supplement. We just don't like the marketing. Yeah. Just please stop marketing to us in this way. Kind of like made me feel like, you know, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. You're like, I will get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> So Jessica, when I say hormones, what comes to mind? What does that mean to you? I'm screaming. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if you had asked me maybe 10 years ago, I probably would only think of our sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Yeah. But now, of course, I know, I think there's like, what, 50 to 70 like known hormones that they have studied, which makes me wonder how many hormones are in us that we actually don't even know exist. Not probably, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I know because we talk about this with clients, our hunger or digestive hormones like leptin and ghrelin. And, you know, I don't know, like I said, it just the word hormone kind of triggers me because it, it can be such a roller coaster if your hormones are imbalanced and so critical and they can make you feel so, so good, but also so, so bad. It can so really con- <laughs> it can control how you literally feel and how you think. It's like a whole different lens depending on your hormones. And then yeah. as women, we go through this like cycle every month. And some of us, you know, there's a lot of women that don't even understand the, that cycle or how those hormones play a role. So yeah. I don't know. I could – hormones, man. Hormones. Great. Perfect. Here. So what do you got for us today? Yeah. <laughs> so just as like a little bit of like a background primer, I want to share with you what hormones are because we just hear the word. I think a lot of words in, about our bodies get thrown around a lot. And so then we're like, well, what is that really? And so hormones are messengers in the body that initiate function. So it, you know, they are typically regulated in, in parts of our brain or our pan- pancreas. They get released, they go to a cell and then they tell the cell what to do. So that's more or less, they are, they're messengers. So if you're having a problem with a hormone or hormone clusters, then you can, like you said, Jessica, feel off kilter. And for some that could be putting it very mildly on (laughs) how it can make you feel. So you mentioned like before you would have just thought of sex hormones before. So that's like a a main one that I, you know, I'm thinking about all the time, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and then the, the step ups above that, that get us to those specific hormones. Then we've got our endocrine hormones, which are quite a few. And that is insulin, which brings glucose down and it's opposite, which is glucagon, which brings glucose back up in between a meal. When we need glucose for ourselves, we've got our thyroid, hormones, leptin, growth hormones, stress hormones like cortisol. And then we also have other hormones that will regulate blood pressure. Vitamin D really functions as a hormone rather than as a vitamin. And then there are more, but you know, this sort of gives you the gist. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, the first time you're introduced to hormones, I guess, is when you learn about your period in like fourth grade health class. And then of course, in fourth grade, you're like, I don't care. I don't know what this is. Yeah. (laughs) Did they mention the words estrogen and progesterone? If they did, my fourth grade brain went zip. Yeah, maybe they didn't. And then it's like, maybe again in college, like health class or some kind of, you know, biology or physiology anatomy between AP science and college, it gets introduced again. But then that's like it. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you have a problem 
And then they discover it's a hormone problem. Then you learn about that hormone issue. Yeah. And odds are they probably just put you on birth control at like 17. Or if it's a thyroid thing or if it's a adrenal yeah. thing or if, you know, you got like cysts or tumors on our parathyroid or hypothalamus and that can really make things kind of cuckoo-doo. So there's all sorts of things that can happen. So with these hormones that like everything in our body, they require proteins, fats, vitamins, and minerals to function properly. So we only can eat so much foods. We only have so much of these things that come in our food. And so all of those nutrients have to be shared amongst all the metabolic processes that are happening. So beyond hormones, we have neurotransmitters, we've got just general cell function. So we are really having to share a lot of nutrients. And so our nutrition nutritional health is very important to keeping all of these things going. So I really want to just kind of talk about when we're chronically lacking nutrients that, you know, these things can't function very well. So that's why people are like, oh, my metabolism is wrecked. It's like, well, maybe, but it might just be because it doesn't have everything it needs. Yeah. That seems to be the common thing about dieting, right? Is there so much focus on what do we stop eating? How can we reduce calories so low? But even if, even if like hypothetically you did need a calorie deficit, what would that look like? Right? Because I think Weight Watchers taught us like, just eat like Diet Cokes and zero calorie cool whip. (laughs) I know they're just like, here's all the like zero calorie foods, right? Without a lot of emphasis on what's the nutrient dense foods and what are the things that are really going to support my body. And so they got kind of some of these nutrient dense foods got put into like the quote unquote bad category, or I don't know, I think with Noom, they do like red light, green light now. And some of these nutrient dense foods are like red lights. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that really is a red light food. Like, you know, it's like, how can we really categorize these? We have to look at them from a bigger picture. Yeah. Cause I always like, you know, it's that that concept of, you know, oversimplifying our bodies to this viewpoint is my body is either too big or it's okay. And most of the time when it's okay, people still think that it's too big. And so that's like their thoughts like, oh, I need to lose weight, which is their code for I have too much fat on my body and that's bad. And so eating less food to make it smaller. It's just so much more nuanced than that. Like we really just need to do that. And if you cut out like whole food groups, you know, if we think about keto, that can really mess up some people's hormones. Yes. It may for some people rebalance their ability to handle blood sugar, get that blood sugar down because they were able to work through all of the excess carbohydrates that were in the body and then be able to go from there. But when staying on it for a long time, it actually can really mess up people's thyroid hormones, both male and females, and probably some other hormones as well. So when we cut out whole food groups for the sake of dieting, then it really can impact the nutrients that come from those that then support the hormones that we need. Like a thyroid hormone goes to the cells and tells the cells to turn on and do its job. So it, it can either function very slowly. And so everything kind of gets turned down or it can be in hyperdrive. And then we're just kind of, you know, oh, and yeah. it's going really over wild. So, so yeah, I think 
gosh, how long has low carb been a thing? <laughs> a long time now. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like you can be lower carb and still eat carbs, I think. And that's where it gets Absolutely. really, yeah. I think that's where it gets confusing because people just think, oh, I got to be low carb. So therefore I eat no carbs and we're cutting out all grains and all, you know, starchy veggies. And it's like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like it doesn't have to look as extreme as that to get some of the benefits out of it. And then I, I kind of, we've talked a little bit about fasting before, but I just want to mm-hmm. hear like, do you think that because sure, fasting can work really great for some people and also depends on the length of the fast. But I think Correct. sometimes people will utilize like, oh, the habit of skipping breakfast just because they're too busy or don't have the time in the morning to feed themselves. And then they don't eat until whatever. And then their lunch gets pushed back. Now they're not eating until two. Their blood sugar is so low. And then we're not making wise choices for lunch. Right. And then the whole thing keeps going. So like, I, I feel like, do you think the nutrient deficiency maybe you know can also come from fasting? Is it because we're not able to get in what we need to when we're skipping meals or does that have to do more with blood sugar? Do you have an opinion on that? So let's see if, okay. So the, your question is, are people getting nutrient deficiencies because they can't get it in from that? They finally yeah, eat like, at is there a window? Yeah. Is the window too short? You know, it can be for some people because if you are in a controlled fast and you go till two, a lot of folks are able to then, you know, prioritize their nutrients that they need in order to get everything that they in for the day. But a lot of people do not because they are just being like, oh, well, I'm just going to try this or they don't do it on purpose, just becomes a part of their life. Like you mentioned, like, oh, everything keeps getting pushed back and then they start eating everything. So when your brain gets to that phase that we've talked a lot with clients is that like, crazy hungry feeling. And now you're in your old primal brain. There's no thoughts happening up here. Your body just says homeostasis now. And so you just start eating everything or anything. And it's often not the nutrients that we need to get into. Yeah. Never when I'm hangry, am I like craving a crisp lettuce? With like all the veggies and that kind of thing. I'm yeah, like, no. yeah. If I'm like down on the, you know, like getting a headache and things like that, I never think, you know, it would be really nice is some strawberries yeah. and, you know, like never. That's never the thought. No. Maybe I should have some tomatoes. You know, no. This I is don't a side tangent that. before we get into nutritional deficiencies. <laughs> yeah. But I just was thinking, I just saw this like, it was a reel on Instagram. It was a clip from a podcast. Do you know who Brooke Burke is? She, yeah, she wasn't. She she's like a celebrity. Yeah, of, she's like a I've, fitness. Like I honestly, she's like a TV personality. Yeah, and she's. I don't know. I think she's maybe like fifty now. Like she's okay. like, you know she's in her prime. Um, but this clip was akin to the um. Gwyneth Paltrow thing of like fasting all day where she was like, well, you know, in the morning I have my coffee with cream and then I go do my workout or teach my workout class and then I come back and then I make a smoothie. And then she's like, you know, I'm not calorie counting. It's a really rich smoothie. You know, I put peanut butter and fruit in there and then, you know, revolutionary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, and then later I have dinner, you know, but I was like, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like, (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those things where you just get frustrated because you're like, okay, people see her, they see her body. And then she's like, well, this is how I get that, which is basically I don't eat all day. 
And then you're like, well, that kind of is the fact about that sometimes, which is like, yeah, sometimes when people have these bodies, they aren't starving. But I'm like, does that mean she's actually healthy? Like, we don't know. I haven't seen her labs. I don't know what her hormones are doing or, you know, any of it. And I was just yeah. like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of something I saw on Instagram Reels, which was a guy that was like, it said something to the effect of why do all the hot girls bruise have bruises all the time and eat so much chocolate or something like that (laughs) and everybody's like because she's anemic and starving you know like it's because you know it's just i can't remember it was definitely bruised and i feel like it said something about chocolate but essentially it's like well yeah because she is starving and so she's low iron you have low iron you bruise very easily and then yeah. And then she's craving chocolate because she needs dopamine because she's starving. And yeah. So all the comments from girls were like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is what I love to see. I will say the comment section on the Berg Berg thing, people were kind of like, oh my God. You know, so yeah. that gives me some hope that society understands a little bit about like, okay, like starvation is not necessarily the answer, but do tell us more about these nutrition deficiencies. Like, kind of yeah. What- yeah. So, like, what, how do nutri- nutrients affect hormones? Well, like what are the deficiencies, I guess? Yeah. So primarily what we're going to see for most people is nutrient deficiencies in vitamins and minerals. And then some of the trace minerals, which are the smaller minerals that we don't need quite so much of. But as I mentioned before, we can even, you know, be cutting out whole food groups like carbs, certain types of fat. So most people in the U.S. are getting plenty of fat. Um, it's just like the type, like the omega-3 fatty acids and or maybe the ones that come from mostly olive oil or avocados or, or something along those lines. So that can be a case. And then there are quite a bit of people who, because of dieting cycles and restriction, are going to be protein deficient as well, or gut health can impact how well we're absorbing, digesting, absorbing these nutrients and can be causing nutrient deficiencies. So when we think about nutrients, like when people hear about, well, you have to eat a healthy diet, blah, 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 blah. Most people are thinking of it because of cardiovascular disease or diabetes or something along those lines. And I I think that it just makes everything feel like not real because like, oh, cardiovascular disease doesn't happen until I'm older Mm -hmm. or diabetes only happens, you know, in Mm -hmm. these cases. And so it, it can be really hard to understand that we need all of these nutrients for every single thing at all levels of the cell. So if you take, if we go back to thyroid again, so TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, has a near constant requirement for calcium, iodine, selenium, fat-soluble vitamin A, not beta carotene because we can only convert so much, zinc, magnesium, iron, and tyrosine, which is from protein. We need some B vitamins and vitamin D because it's helping with signaling. So that's just to get the thyroid to go from TSH down to T3 and T4 and then go through the liver and the gut and other parts of the body to to then go to the cell and be like, everybody need to turn on. So yeah, (laughs) if you think about like then what it takes to do estrogen and testosterone and progesterone and, and insulin function and all of that, like everything 
needs these vitamins and minerals. It's a wonder we can all function. Yeah. But the thing is, we're not truly functioning. That is the point. And you might get away with it, like you said, in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. But then you start to yeah feel some of those declines yeah. and things like that. And, you know, our cells. So if you can transport yourself back to like ninth and 10th grade um, biology and you remember the phospholipid bilayer, I think I've talked about this before. Like that's all those that's all fat. And then but it can only make itself from the fat that we eat. So we need that cell structure to be really good because that is those cells is what the target place for hormone action. And so when our cell wall is made up of really low quality fats or like hard saturated fats or oxidized fats, then the function at the cell is actually not happening the way it needs to happen. Like the function is altered and off. And so then it can't do its full full functioning. Yeah. So the fat free nineties really did a number on us. Yeah. It did not help our situation. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to this day, I'm like, did I really have ADD as a kid or was I just malnourished eating sugar and no high quality fats? And you know, it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. There's an ad going on right now on, in my algorithm that's about, they took these kids in some other country and it took them all off processed foods and blah, blah, blah. And they no longer had ADD. They just needed food and outside time. And I'm like, yeah, that's correct. But you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge to live in whatever structure of society we would call that now. Right. Like we're like, yeah, if we could just go live in the woods in our like, you know, community, like there'd be a lot of things that we could change, but Instead, we live in modern modern American times. (laughs) Yes, we definitely can make some adaptations. So then the other thing that gets coupled with, I think, nutrient deficiencies and what really makes hormone disruption increase, the double whammy that I feel like is happening is we are all a little bit malnourished to some degree. Whether we are eating everything we think we can or not, there is the fact that our soils do have less, you know, our food does not have the same nutrient quality that it once had. And then we couple that with the chemical and toxin burden, which we talked about in the detox cleanse podcast. But you know, we, those chemicals that we're exposed to alter hormone communication, like the, they're called endocrine disruptors disruptors. And for a reason, they alter the function of how those hormones can function, or they can deplete nutrients and then alter that pathway of function. So, And this is like legit scientifically proven that endocrine disruptors exist and that they are in our products, right? Like even like the, I think I went to I don't know if it was the FDA or the CDC like website even was like, yeah, there's the list of things, you know, and it was just interesting to be like, okay, so we all can agree that these exist. It's not yeah. just like a woo-woo concept, you know? Right. And it's like, yeah, there are things in our environment, but just, you know, in your makeup and your in your beauty products and, you know, the paint on your walls, your floors, like everything around Yeah, if us. you thought about everything, you would go nuts. And so you yeah. have to really go to, okay, what is What's for sure the thing that I like? Where can I start? Yeah, what are the little things I have control over? Yeah, like what are some of those little things I have control over? And that's where you can begin to be like, well, I 
So I don't really have a lot of control over how much pollution I breathe in when I go outside. Not really. I mean, you could stay inside, but (laughs) there are some things and we're just not going to be able to get rid of that exposure. So I don't think it's, I think it's overly idealic to say, oh yes, we can all find ways to live toxic free. It's just not possible anymore. Yeah. At this juncture, maybe we can reverse things over time. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, and I will say that just because they come in doesn't mean that we can't get back to normal function because there are compounds in foods like parsley and chlorella and dandelion root and milk thistle that do help with the body's ability to naturally detox these things out and clear them and then make those receptors function as, as normal. So it can be done. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> I know it sounds like it, but I promise it's not. Uh, what else alters our hormone function? So a lot of people probably don't think about is like food sensitivities and allergies. So those can alter our hormone function. So there's research on gluten sensitivity and intolerance to thyroid function or dairy allergies and pancreas function and how it can alter that. And then, so food intolerances can also alter gut function, which then can then lessen how much you are able to absorb. So food sensitivities and allergies to certain foods can create some issues. Medications can impact hormones very specifically. So medications for anxiety or medications that help with inflammatory process can increase blood sugar and weight because it can alter hunger and food intake and all those sorts of things like how, how much we crave things but also how it directly impacts insulin and blood sugar balance and then some medications that we take actually as they're metabolized can deplete our nutrients so then those nutrients that we take in are not available for the rest of it so what's a girl to do <laughs> It's like, it's like, yeah, we need to eat nourishing foods yeah. and probably take a multivitamin just to yep. check in there. Does like movement, how does exercise affect hormones? So for the most part, if you're doing a little bit of something, then it actually has positive impacts on hormone function. So it's, it is a signaler to cell health and to keeping metabolic functions happening and going. You can get into overtraining though, and overtraining will cause your immune system to go down and deplete your mitochondria, um, which alters energy function. So there can be a little bit of both. So movement's good, too much, not good, too little, not as ideal either. It's the Goldilocks. So how might somebody like, how would they know if their hormones are imbalanced? I know you don't do hormone labs per se, because it is nuanced and very tricky and not really within the scope of your passion. (laughs) Yeah. So if we aren't able to get the doctor to run them, I will put them in the panel and then, and then see, because like if thyroid is off a little bit, but it's not within range for them to seek medication from their doctor, then we work on nutrients that support the thyroid specifically. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of bump everything up. So, but your original question (laughs) was, you know, like, how do you know? 
right? Yeah. Is that what like, you're asking? Yeah. Like if I'm just do, do, do walking around, how do I know? Like, should I be looking at my period, like my cycle, my periods, but then what if I'm on birth control? It's like, how do people know that they're all? Yeah. So that is a tricky question because not very many people are connected to their bodies very yeah. much. And so then, you know, so finding that, that space within and also like if we are, overly tired and there's we're getting sleep we've got some movement to our day we're eating mostly we're humming along okay right in terms of like these inputs and we're still feeling really tired or still feeling like something is not quite right it's probably you know something related to a hormone function yeah so these are all reasons why we care about what we eat. And Mm -hmm. again, we're not here saying that you have to be Mrs. Perfection clean Mm -hmm. eating all the time. But I think a lot of times people are coming to us confused about making food choices. And especially in the anti-diet world, it's like, oh, well, I shouldn't care because I'm not dieting and I'm trying to, you know, resolve all of these issues of choosing foods for the size of my body. Where some of these actions might be similar, where it's like, yeah, we still care about what we eat, but we're not doing it for the size of our body. I'm doing it because I don't like having raging PMS or like I want to, you know, have good energy cycles throughout the day. And there's a lot of other reasons why I would eat certain things and maybe not others as often, right? There's no good or bad food. It's just what's the dose. But some of these doses are smaller and that's just because of the way my body feels. Correct. Yes. So, all of that. And I just really wanted to make sure I know it's, you know, hormones can not be a very fun and sexy conversation to have, but I just really want people to understand so much about why I just keep pushing food quality as best as we can, as much as we can afford because of all these things that just kind of build up over time. And we, I really want people to have health years versus just years to live. So it's like, what's the quality of our life? I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. If you are looking for a gentler approach to healing your relationship with your body and food, then we do have our online course called Foundations, where you lay the foundation for a deeper understanding of nutrition and mindset practices. Go to pathnutrition.com backslash foundations to sign up and learn more. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.